1: Welcome into the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a RotoViz podcast. This is the December 13th, Friday the 13th episode, and we as always are dedicated to answering all of those fantasy football questions. I am your host, Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant. Today we are talking to Hassan Rahim, who's lead writer here at RotoViz at The Viz. He is the co-host fantasy football report at RotoViz Radio. Wonderful job. He blends the mathematics with the analytics, comes in and gives you great fantasy football advice. Tremendous writer, great follow on Twitter at hrr fifty ten Hassan. Here we go, week fifteen, fantasy football playoffs. I'm thrilled to have you back on the fantasy football mailbag.
2: I'm actually thrilled to be here, Mike. I think you've done a phenomenal job here as the host. It's like really my favorite podcast to listen to. Pretty much kicks off how my Friday goes, and just like having you on, you know, in the earbuds, uh, it means it's going to be a great Friday. So I'm really, really stoked to be back here. Also, a really big fan of all your work. Over on the Action Network and PlayerProfiler.com and RotoViz, like pretty much everywhere. So it's, I'm excited to sit down and talk some chop with you.
1: Well, man, that means a lot to me because, again, you have been instrumental supporting me getting involved here at the Viz. Tremendous writer, analyze things like no one else. So I'd like you to start as I ask everybody to start. How did you get started in fantasy football? We've worked here at RotoViz, Roto Underworld as well, all over the place. You are a grinder, but you have that brilliant mind. How'd you get started here in fantasy football? On the side to, to use this here as your outlet and, and really go out and give some advice to people.
2: Yeah, so I'm actually a fairly late, uh, late convert here to the NFL. Like, I didn't really follow it until, like, I got into a work league. I think it was uh, 2014 uh, where I got into this, like, competitive auction work league. And I just got thrashed. Like, it was, like, I think I finished, like, <laughs> like, just, I think I finished dead last. It was just, it was a disaster. I think I spent $45 off a $200 budget on Drew Brees. It was a, an, an abject disaster. And, like, that was when I was, like, oh, I, I got to get better at this and, and and this isn't working out for me and uh, the the you know I, I went out and tried to, trying to figure out like all these sites and, and I looked around and I really couldn't find anything that like struck my fancy just because I, I'm not from uh, the US I didn't grow up watching the NFL so it's was, it was very difficult to find that passageway into into the into the sport and fantasy luckily for me similar to Peter, Peter howdy was like the way to get in and uh, my brain works on that math math spectrum and this is where it helps and so I was able to find this quantitative focus sites kind of like RotoViz and player profiler and, and anything that had like math to do with it cuz it, it made it easier right like, it's very difficult to to envision like the you know what a wide receiver is i still get that wrong or like the x and like the you know what a what a drag route is i don't know i i, I just care about winning my fantasy league and 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 then you know as we get into it like i learned all these like different different um things and so that's how i found all these like metric based sites and then uh, I, I realized I wanted to give it a shot and, and Matt was like looking for for contributors and I was like look I I really just want to try writing and then he was like nice enough to let me write for him and and, and, we, and we hit a few out of the park like I like you know like we were looking over prospect profiles and I wrote one on James Connor before we came out and like Marlon Mack before we came out and Rotaviz at the time was running a um a contest for new writers, and I was like, "Well, this, this, this James Connor profile, like where, where we wrote him up on on Player Profiler, could use a little bit of like sprucing up, maybe, and I can submit it in, as part of this writing contest." uh John Lipinski, a a previous um ho, uh, guest here on the Mailbag, uh, won that writing contest, um, but a lot of the guys uh, who, and so I didn't win, but like I was asked to like if I wanted to try to write for. Uh, rotaviz just you know as a runner's up and just just you know no no pressure on me just to miss something see if it sticks and uh i was like hey this is great and then i just realized that um i i do like writing and they like my stuff and so you know i've just been with rotaviz ever since because um, because they're totally okay with, with with what i like and uh, with what with what i write and it's, it's it's been great man like uh so that's just a bit a bit of my story and I just wanted to say to anyone who's listening to this, um, the off season's coming up, you can get involved. There's plenty of ways people are always looking. So if you are looking to to try to get in or just like if you think you have something to say, uh, trust me, just reach out because people will want to listen to it. And uh, and 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 we can and if you're this is if you're really passionate about this, making this your hobby or you know you're looking for a full time job or whatever, like these are all pretty good ways to 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 get your foot in the door.
1: No, that's totally true. And, and you find your niche. You've always been great. I love reading your stuff. I compare Hassan poker and fantasy football because I think you have to make decisions based on mathematical foundations. I think you have to know players. Stats, But I do think there's an element of at the end when you get to the river in poker or when you make your decision on who you're going to draft or start sick questions. Now, we'll get into during the fantasy playoffs. You have to go with your gut, but your gut has to be formed off of mathematical decisions. I don't think there's any other way to do it.
2: No, I, no I, I agree with you. I'll, I'll give you a good example here. Um, so, we're, it, it's Thursday night. We're watching Lamar Jackson just absolutely torch the Jets. Just just this is like, a, I mean, at this point, like, who cares? He got 93 yards. Like, this is just such an efficient offense. Yep. But bringing this home, my opponent in fantasy football in one of the semifinals this week sat Lamar Jackson for Russell Wilson.
1: Oh, uh, that's crazy. Wow. Like,
2: why would you do that?
1: Nope. I, I man, something, is- I put it out today. If I'm sitting the overall QB one, who's leading the position in touchdowns and is over a thousand rushing yards at home against the Jets, then I'll take the loss.
2: I'll take the loss. Uh, I mean, I mean, if, 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 like I'm still projected to lose. Had I gone against Lamar Jackson and like seen that he's you know up to what he is and the fact that he's you know got a got a quarter and a half left, this would be over for me. Yeah. I should not have a shot. It's so, so true. I, 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 I mean, Lamar is on an, on on another base right now. Like he is just like this is just like an edge to end all edges. And I mean, and, and my opponent's team is very good. He's got Nuke and and Robert Woods and and Dalvin Cook and. Tyreek Hill, but like Lamar sets this like roster on fire. I d I don't know what compelled the guy to sit in, but it's just like you said, you you have to play your sit starts right because that's the only way. I I I, I don't know whose advice he took to sit Lamar, but I'm really happy he did because I think I've got an outside shot.
1: That's how it works, man. That's exactly how it works. You are so good at predicting, you know, making those decisions. I followed, of course, you on Twitter. A lot of times I've seen you say some things that made me think twice and made a change when I went into my drafts. Think back to the preseason. This is your chance to pound your chest a little bit. Who were the guys you were right on that you knew were going to be big hits or bombs? And then give me the one guy who you're like, yeah, you know what? That didn't really work out exactly the way that. <laughs> that i thought it would give me give me a couple big hits and then give me a miss
2: so the one that i'm uh, pretty pretty proud of and this is going to sound really weird because of of just how coming off that huge game on sunday was aj brown in basketball like just as like just a super late flyer like he went to tennessee right and his ADP continued to decline from where it was in the preseason when he was a rookie. Like, it just sort of cratered after that, right? And so, he's going routinely in the 18th round on draft or, like, anywhere from the 18th to the 20th round in, in best ball 10s, wherever you want to take him. And I was just like, I'm taking him. Like, I I really don't yep. care because because like, this is a very open like, – I wrote a little bit about it here and the opportunity scores. But this is a very open depth chart. I mean, like, after Delaney and Corey Davis – Um, it's kind of convoluted there. They also added Adam Humphreys and they drafted A.J. Brown. Uh, It showed to me uh, that I felt, you know, that this team was not clearly satisfied with, with what they had at the receiver position. And I was just such a big fan of A.J. Brown's prospect profile that I was fine taking him as a late flyer, final round pick, because like I mean, you look at the other rookies like DK Metcalf was going way earlier. Michael uh, Hardman actually got when I got up to like the eighth, ninth round because of the type the Tyreek Hill news, like. If you're looking for cheap upside, it really comes in these rookie wide receivers and shallow wide receiver cores. Uh, that's just where you want to be targeting or, or, or looking to make your hay as it would be as a, as, a, as a smart late rounder wide receiver pick. The other guy who I was kind of bullish on, and this was a bit of a hot uh, part of the hot takes article, and it wasn't really a hot take for my end at the time, but I, uh, I mentioned that Dalvin Cook will be um, – this year's uh, CMC, in that he's going in like the second round, kind of late ish second round back when I wrote this. And he, the, and I meant what I meant by that was that he will end up going in the top five next year. Uh, now, is he anywhere near this year's CMC? Absolutely not. Um, but he's done really, really well. Is he like the overall uh, PPR? RB, well, not just RB, but also like flex player too. If you if you remove the the um, quarterbacks, I believe he has 300 PPR points. Yeah, uh, okay, yep. CMC has 400, so not as close. So that's kind of fortunate in that I got that right. But uh, one of the things is for every one right call, you're going to have just a ton of wrong calls. Like, let's just see here. So San Francisco backfield, Matt Breda, Tevin Coleman, that's not going to work out. Odell Beckham Jr., absolutely just just a disaster of a season for him. And as a result for me, um, Juju Smith-Schuster, like, you know, aggressively targeting him. That didn't work out pretty, pretty well in my favor. See, Dion Lewis, Darrell Henderson, Justice Hill. I mean, I can go on here. Like, I can just show you the, the list of failure.
1: Oh, that's a listen, you, but you've had a lot of hits. I mean, all those guys there. To me, the big failure, like I, I said this earlier, I picked Saquon Barkley over Christian McCaffrey. That was a mistake. People who picked, and I did in several leagues, Juju Smith Schuster. End of the first. I mean, you can't win your fantasy football title in the first couple rounds, but you certainly can lose it. What you cannot do every year is bomb the early pick because you're usually the majority of your points are coming from your early picks. Very rarely you're going to find like a Patrick Mahomes in round eight or a late round tight end that's going to end up being a top two guy. So you can't bomb those early picks. So Dion Lewis played like that, Justice Hill, fine. But those early ones are the key. You know, o- people at Oda Beckham must be pulling their hair out right now, right?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, could you imagine having it gone like Odell and then Joe Mixon and you thought you'd do <laughs> you it fine. You know? And <laughs> right, and again, like right. that's that's like, in, in the preseason, that's such a strong one too. Yeah. yeah. And, and and the next thing you know, like you're not like like you hear the fantasy community referring to them as floor games, but like we know the floors for both of these players is much higher than what it was for the first eight, nine weeks of the yep. season. Like yep. you, you, you're you not even getting like floor games. You're just getting this like lack of like production out of your first few picks. Then, and then you're just hoping that you can run good on the rest of your lineup. It's, it's a, it's a very, it's a very narrow path to, to winning here, man. You, you know what I mean? Like it's tough.
1: It's tough. And I, you know, one of the teams you and, and Blair do a fantastic job on the fantasy football report, and you were talking back in November about Mike Geseki. What I found interesting here, and I always say this, Hassan, making the fantasy football playoffs is skill winning the fantasy football playoffs is a lot of luck. So imagine you have like Devontae Parker and you're smart enough to get him mid-year and now all of a sudden he's injured. But Mike Isecki is a guy who could play a fairly big role here. I have a question here about the Dolphins. What do you think of the Dolphins offensive players the next two weeks? Because of course, Hassan, week 16, the Battle of the Titans that could determine fantasy titles everywhere. The Bengals at the Dolphins. It's happening. But now with Parker out, how do you look at Gasecki? How do you look at Fitzpatrick? And of course, how do you look at everyone's favorite Christian McCaffrey light, Patrick Laird? Talk about the Dolphins here, week 15 and 16 and what your thoughts on those guys are.
2: Yeah, so definitely a massive fan of, of Patrick Laird. I mean, if, if you guys have been following us like over on Ship Chasing, we uh, we caught we, we, we on a team with uh, with uh, Pat Corrine and Peter Overzet. so we have Laird. We're actually starting Laird in, in, in two spots. One is in a higher-stakes dynasty league. Tremendous. That
1: That's go tremendous.
2: Go on, yeah. And we're starting him in the in the FPG uh, as well. Um, you know, I'm going to look over here because, so I'm looking over here at the strength at of schedule tool, and it's says here, and you're going to actually love this, that Miami's got one of the more friendly um, uh, schedules here for the tight end. So now you've got, like you said, Devontae Parker is out and we've got, you know, teams that are amenable to being thrown on, especially the tight end position. And we know Mike Isecki is he's shown flashes this year. To where I am very comfortably considering, you know, I mean, if I have Kiseki, like, I am definitely going to be starting him uh, wherever I've got him, if only because that guy kind of is, like, the primary outlet um, here. I'm not too sure how many targets he had last week, but let me see if I can pull that up. But, uh, you know, uh, it says over here that Mike Kiseki had five targets. Uh, Isaiah Ford and Alan Hearns uh, let him. But, I mean, the, the guy who comes who checks in at number 3 is CMC light Patrick Laird uh, I mean the, the guy right now is getting 15 he got 50 he got like 19 touches last week uh five of them uh, uh of them targets most of the rushing work so he's a guy who i'm definitely interested in and i'm way interested in mike gusecki here especially at the deep. the deep position is so gross and all we want are like raw targets uh let, let me spin this around back to you what what are your thoughts on isaiah Ford or alan hearns especially if uh, parker is out uh do you have any interest in either of those guys Do you think albert wilson comes on here like what are your thoughts?
1: It's t- It is tough for me to get past this is a mental block I have, Hassan, to get past the fact that I'm really going deep on a dolphin team during the fantasy playoffs. So I love Mike Gaseki. he's a, he's an athletic freak. I remember tweeting about him. everybody gets those videos right in the preseason. We love them and the tweet about Mike is gonna have a big year because Adam Gaze didn't use him right. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is reliable. I think he's going to put points on the board. If I had to make a choice of those other wide receivers, I will go with Isaiah Ford because I like that type of player, that profiles. They're going to be here against the Giants. That should be no problem. And then at home, I think he's going to put points up. I love Patrick Laird. I think his job is secure. People have talked about having that uh, backup running back coming in. I think that's going to be him. I like Ford. I really like Gusecki a lot. And I think Fitzpatrick's going to shine. Uh, that's that's my thought because I I don't want to go too deep on a Dolphins roster and have like my guy get three receptions for 24 yards.
2: <laughs> no, I'm hey, I'm I'm totally with you. And like, but like the thing is, the fantasy streaming app absolutely agrees with you. It's got all of these as like pretty favorable matchups, so you really can't go wrong. Just don't over, just don't go way into it. You know, like you can you can absolutely lose yourself targeting uh, targeting all the players in this team, but it's good to have a sprinkle of these guys. Uh, across your playoff rosters, hopefully you're, you're, you're still alive and you didn't face some uh, you know a handful of poor matchups last week.
1: You know, in a similar, similar situation, we're going to stay in the state and we're going to talk about Tampa Bay next. So of course someone here has Mike Evans. All right. Which is devastating because Mike Evans was a guy who's very polarizing in the preseason. And then the first couple of weeks, he was terrible. And then the massive breakout against the Giants, which I think we all predicted, we knew it was coming. And then he's been pretty, he's been great since, but now he's out. You would think Chris Godwin would explode, but he did not have a touchdown last week even after Evans went out. But I am curious about Tampa Bay and similar question here with their volume and target share now that Evans is out. Do we believe Hassan and OJ Howard? Is that humanly possible that we can invest our fantasy playoff and championship hopes on OJ Howard? Do you think Breit is a safe play? Had a touchdown last week. Is it Justin Watson time? I think a lot of us at the Viz hope it is. Brashad Perryman, what's your flavor in Tampa Bay? I think their volume receivers are a little bit more defined than Miami. And of course, in theory, although Jameis is a turnover machine, you have a quarterback here who you may believe can put up more points. So talk about Tampa Bay here with Evans out. How does the passing game shake out?
2: Well, I, for one, I'm really hoping OJ Howard does well, if only because um, Blair and I had a decision to make a tight end. We we drafted OJ Howard in the fifth. And then, uh, you know, like many rounds later, we got Mark Andrews and we were discussing who to start. And he was like, oh, we should start Mark Andrews. And I was like, well, Mike Evans out. Maybe OJ Howard gets all the targets. Uh, not not great. But well, Mark Andrews has uh, through three quarters, has four, tar- uh, four catches, 52 yards and a TD, I'm praying O.J. Howard can get that. Uh, So just for the sake of my sanity, I hope O.J. Howard is the guy going forward. But like you said, Braid's just been consistent. It seems like him and Jameis have a pretty strong connection. And this is all narrative-driven, yes. But also, if you go into our GameSplits app, you can see how much better Cameron Braid is with Jameis under center, regardless of who else is on the field. On top of that, the guy who my personal flavor here is, is uh, Justin Watson. I'm really a big fan of his. Me too, man. Totally all over it. Yep all all I'm all over it i mean again like i know brashad perriman's the guy running ahead of everybody and i know brashad perriman's like drawn a whole bunch of targets but um i'm a sucker for these guys who 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 profile like him i'll always be wrong chasing them in dynasty and in redraft Uh, I, i think he's got a lot of upside here down the stretch like over the next two weeks there's just a ton of volume available and up for grabs and i really think that people like, i really think this kind of came down to how you went about it on your waiver wire or your, with your far bidding and uh, i think watson was like the play that you wanted to make i mean again P- perriman is a guy who has done fine on limited. Hassan, uh, i'm
1: not buying Paraman. i'm with I'm you not, i'm, I'm, I'm just, not playing prashad Paraman yeah my fantasy i, I playoffs. really
2: i just i i'm really I really think that this is going to be Justin Watson season and or season or however you want to pronounce it. And, 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 you know, like I'm I'm totally ready for it. Like I'm just like Blair and I entered a, a team into the FFPCA playoff challenge, uh, which you guys should go check out as uh, and it was called Free Justin Watson. And <laughs> and it did pretty all right, I, I, I think. Uh, and so, again, so I'm going to take that as a sign and say, Justin Watson, he's our guy.
1: That is so true. Justin Watson could easily come forward here and end up being a guy as we go down the stretch who could make a difference here these next two weeks. Absolutely. And for some reason, right, Hassan, if we've seen it with Brashad Perryman and it hasn't worked out, for some reason, I have more confidence in the guy that we haven't seen yet, right? like. Like, I believe more in Watson because we haven't gone through him for a couple of years than I do in Brashad Perriman. Does that make any sense at all?
2: No, it absolutely does. I mean, th- so like, there's always like more upside in the unknown, although there's safety in the kind of known. But at the same time, like it's very rare for a first-round draft pick like Brashad Perriman uh, to be anything more than what he was, which seems to be an overdrafted player. Um, like, he, he – like, if we know the draft is inefficient. Um, we know these prospect profiles and all these other items. And like we know Justin Watson flew under the radar. But like again, if you were to you know zoom away from that draft, like, it's very rare to see a wide receiver who's a first-round draft pick that early changing teams and then reestablishing themselves. It's just not a pattern that happens fairly often. So I can see a world wherein the coaching staff at Tampa Bay are more you know conservative and they're not really willing to really see what they've got in these like rookies but they should be because i think both justin watson and scotty miller are actually good long-term players for their roster especially with evans and godwin you know um rounding out their wide receiver core i I, like so it's why i'm just with you in terms of just from like from a raw upside perspective i think it makes completely a lot of sense and again watson did Pretty well. I mean, he commanded eight targets last week. He did 55, 59 yards in a tutty. He is a bit of a preseason hero. He was a pretty strong player last year. It's a, it's a bit of a bummer. He really hasn't come on, but he's just a guy who was efficient on a limited sample as a rookie. And I'm kind of hoping that like his efficient, you know, play carries over into this weekend because it would be really great to to have Watson come on just because it'd give us one more reason to celebrate.
1: You know, we have no problem as fantasy football owners trusting a player like Justin Watson. But something that we do as men have trouble talking about is erectile dysfunction. Usually, guys, we don't want to talk about it. Typically, we don't want to take care of our body medically. We don't want to go and admit weakness, right? This is a gladiator sport. And erectile dysfunction is something that we have to address. If you have a health issue and you need to address it, you have to step forward, keep it real, and do what you have to do. And that's why I'm thrilled that we have Get Roman here sponsoring the podcast with Roman you get free online evaluations and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction comfort and privacy of your own home you don't have to go to the doctor's office worry about going in talking to someone you can do it from your home a doctor comes online works with you finds the best treatment plan if you need medication they will ship it to you free two-day shipping it's a really straightforward simple discreet process you go to get roman.com slash blue wire and complete an online visit erectile dysfunction it used to be something it's tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. So just as you get ready for your fantasy football playoffs, you step up, you make your decisions, do what you have to do, do what you have to do here. If you need to talk to get Roman, complete an online visit today, connect with a the doctor. They'll take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash blue wire. Get a free online visit and free two day shipping. That's getroman.com slash blue wire for a free visit to get started. Getroman.com slash blue wire. So, Asan, I I do my waiver wire here for Action Network. And, of course, the waiver wire is getting thin, my friend, but it's still really, really critical. So I want to throw a couple names at you here and see what you think their impact can be, if any, week 15 and then potentially week 16. First one I'll go down to is with the Raiders. Now, it looks like Josh Jacobs is going to play, but one of the early week pickups that people were very high on was DeAndre Washington. DeAndre Washington scored last week, looked very good in replace of Josh Jacobs. So my question is here, obviously, you're not starting him if Josh Jacobs plays. But if Jacobs ends up getting hurt and you end up having Washington here, where do you slot him in? Is he a flex play? Is he an RB2? Basically, give me a temperature read here on the Raiders and DeAndre Washington in that backfield if he gets a chance to shine. Uh,
2: he's definitely a flex play. I mean, sorry, an, an RB2. I mean, he's – he uh, like, it's just – Running backs are dropping like flies. You know, it's like uh, it's like that that time. you where just pretty much everyone's getting hurt. Like at this point, if you're telling me that this guy is gonna get, I don't know, sixteen to nineteen touches, like that's with with minimal competition. I I I don't as an aside. I don't know what happened to Jalen Richard. Like for all we know, he could just <laughs> I don't know how they're yep. doing that 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 backfield. It's such a weird split. So I think both of those guys should be rostered. Um, I, I really i I'm more bearish on Richard than I am on, on Washington. But at the same time, like, you know, he's definitely an RB2 going forward. Like most running backs are just back to what I said, they're just dropping like flies. So you you, you need to have him on rosters. And if he's if he's a, and if Jacobs is a full go, like there's just no telling. I I mean, let me throw this back to you. So we know Jacobs is hurting. He had an MRI on his shoulder. The season is all but lost for Oakland at this point, right? Like, it's very difficult to see, like, a path for them to the playoffs. It's they, They're no longer in, in charge of their own destiny, if you will. So my question back to you, like, why isn't Gruden shutting him down for the year? Like, this is a guy you invested a first-round first round draft capital in, and he's – you know, proven himself to be a good running back in the NFL. Why are you running him out there when there's nothing left to play for? It
1: makes absolutely no sense. Not at this point. I know he's going to fight until they're actually eliminated, but this is what I would say. If they lose this week at home, they're going next week in week 16 to the Chargers. If they don't win, there is no reason to play Josh Jacobs against the Chargers on the road. Zero. None whatsoever. So with a guy like Washington... I think he's somebody. If you have a decent bench there and you can afford it, you stash him because he's a player who could explode and have a nice week sixteen. You never know about the matchups. You never know who's going to get hurt. There's no reason to play Josh Jacobs. I think what he does this on is he tests him this week, and if it doesn't work out, he pulls him in like the first or second quarter. Maybe not as badly as David Johnson, you know, up against uh, against the Giants that week. But I think it's a similar situation. Like I don't see Josh Jacobs gutting out 20 carries for 120 yards. I just don't. That's not in his range of outcomes my opinion
2: yeah and there's like, just just no reason for it i mean it's, it's a bit of a bummer because it was like a he's had a pretty stellar rookie season for all all, all things considered like you given all the negative uh headwinds that, that he that he was like <laughs> had had to fight against and it's just a bummer that you know this is how it ends but i'm i'm with you man i i, I really do believe that that the deandre washington is is an rb too especially if you know jacobs is out like it's just volume is the name of the game with the running back position and you just gotta lock that like just lock it up i mean it's, it's what makes like just all these fringy guys, man. Like, what do you tell people to do with Boston Scott out of curiosity? Exactly.
1: Right. Like, I, it's just,
2: yeah. <laughs> like, what do you do? You know, like, you, you need to roster these guys because, like, their, their teams are falling out of the playoff hunt and they're just going to not play their stars.
1: Everybody wants the Elijah McGuire guy from last year, everyone wants that uh, CJ Anderson from last year but if you whiff on that and you're not absolutely positive and you're starting boston scott in a flex position in your fantasy championship you better be certain you know what i mean you, you better better be certain looking at wide receivers you talked about aj brown somehow he was not rostered in over 50 percent of yahoo leagues coming into this week certainly that will change two other guys i want to look at quickly first one no one likes cole beasley hassan and he's not sexy But Cole Beasley has 59 receptions on the year. Cole Beasley has 87 targets. Cole Beasley has, in each of the last two weeks, the overall PPR wide receiver 12 in Week 12 and the PPR wide receiver 7 in Week 13. Now, this week they're playing the Steelers. Not a great pass defense there, but it's on the road. And then Week 16, they're going to end up being at home against the Patriots in what could be a playoff position, you know, divisional sort of, of, of matchup here. So what do you think about Cole Beasley? I guess my point is wide receiver three, the next two weeks, yes or no for Cole Beasley.
2: Yes. I mean, again, this was a a tough week for, for wide receiver. Uh, I mean, we, we can count down who we lost outside of just Evans, but that's a, it's a very long depressing list. It's like a who's who of, of wide receiver, like mid, mid round studs. Uh, so, so yes, absolutely. I think I think I think Colt Beasley is absolutely startable in in twelve team, um, uh, PPR leagues. I I mean again, he's we've I've not really been Beasley's biggest fan, and yet somehow I own him on a handful of like Dynasty ball rosters, if only because I, like you said, he just seems to be a guy who gets volume, and then when he finds the end zone, he's like looking, He's a wide receiver one in the week. He just I mean he commands all that kind of volume, so it's it's unsexy. It's, it's not a fun option to really have. Uh, but at this point, you really just need raw points. Um, this week, if there's if there're hopefully better options for you out there, like maybe you can. But next week, against the Patriots, divisional game at home, you know, and if the Bills can somehow force the Patriots, oh, at New into, England, yeah, that one will be at New England. Oh, so it'll yeah. be at New yeah, England, yeah, yeah,
1: because they, they lost that close one at home. Yep.
2: Yikes! Uh, yeah, but again, at the same time, I mean, if that, I mean, that's probably going to be if they both win this weekend that's going to de- decide the division right
1: that's exactly right and that's right. why like i don't think belichick's taking away cole beasley
2: i i, I just you know i, I think yeah, he's worried about it's, john it's, brown it's just, right right it's, he's worried about like alan rushing with his like dual threat ability and like devin singles like, like cole beasley is like he's just a dude who's who you can you can leave him uncovered like he won't really like if you're going to be beaten by Cole Beasley, then you deserve the loss. And that's where we don't care about the game situation because we just want the raw fantasy points.
1: That's totally true. A last one here I'll have for you is Zach Pascal. So, T.Y. Hilton's injury, it's lingering. Pascal ascended to the top wide receiver role last week. He had the five catches, 74 receiving yards, a touchdown, had a two-point <laughs> conversion. I think he's a very viable wide receiver three, at least. Possibly wide receiver two at New Orleans. Pass defense, not as good as we thought it was, a la Jimmy Garoppolo ripping it apart there. I mean, if Kendrick Bourne can get a touchdown or two, then why can't Zach Pascal? And week 16, Hassan, they're home to the Panthers. So Zach Pascal here, talk to me. Wide receiver three, wide receiver two. This is, of course, on the premise that T.Y. Hilton is out.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the wide receiver two call. It, it seems aggressive, but at the same time, I mean, the game situation kind of sets up for him, especially this week, especially if they're trailing Uh, my, I, I, I do want to throw this question back to you, if only because Marcus Johnson, is he a flex play?
1: I think he is, I because I think that Brissett. I think the Saints run defense is legit. And when I go into matchups like that, I start saying to myself, who is the most, which is the most reliable unit, right? The defense, the offense via the team. The Saints run defense is going to show up. They're going to stuff it. I know M- Mostert got the the catch there and did some things, but I think they're going to stuff the run. So yes, I think Brissett's going to have to throw. I think he's absolute flex play.
2: Yeah, and again, it's just like, like I just want people playing in, in, in like the course field of, of fantasy football. Like I just want people there. Like it it, it you know like it's just it's it's important to understand that like like there's a handful like there's a bunch of paths to success here for like these two wideouts right. Like you can see this the the Saints getting up big and the Colts being forced to abandon the run. Just sort of all they're going to have to do is throw and then. The only, uh, or you know, just or if it's a neutral, a strong neutral strip. Again, they're going to be they they pursue pass heavy there. So like, you know, so, so I actually love that call, like the like the Zach Pascal call. I was I was slow to come around on on Pascal, and then um, Marcus Johnson. Uh, you know, I I had got him on my radar after this weekend, especially now that Paris Campbell is done for the season. Um, I, I love those calls. Like uh and the only other question that I have for you, Naim Hines flex play. I, I'm not really sold on that, but I was wanted to get your thoughts.
1: No, it's so hard with them because Mac was actually catching a few passes before he got injured. Hard it's too low a floor play for me, Naeem Hines. I, I just feel the bottom can drop out. I I'd much, much rather be a, a Patrick Laird guy than Naeem Hines. You know what I mean?
2: Um, I'm with you one hundred percent. Yeah, like like Hines just he just uh he's fine, he's just not Just not as dynamic as his profile suggested. So, you know, a bit of a bummer, but um, I'm with you. Definitely go out there with Zach Pascal. I have absolutely zero problems like slotting him into my starting lineup.
1: All right, so Hassan, you've helped me get involved in Rotoviz. You and I have been friends. You've done a great job. I want one more thing from you, and then you can do whatever you want and never talk to me again. I want you to help me win the million dollars this week. That's what I want you to do on DraftKings. So I'm asking you now, give me each position, QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Give me that one sort of tournament play that you like that has the massive upside here, and you know what I'll do? I'll promise I'll give you at least $100 if I win the million. How about that?
2: That sounds absolutely tremendous, and hopefully you're <laughs> gonna be you're gonna be taking down the melee with these with these suggestions because ooh boy, they're uh, they're they're gonna be pretty gross. Um, so again, in, in a larger tournament like like the melee, you really you really need to to kind of find the proper leverage spots, and if you can stomach it, Sonny Michelle New England at <laughs> Cincinnati, given the the fact that they're like almost uh, two touchdown. Favorites. It's
1: possible, absolutely, man.
2: It's so gross, like it just—it's gross because he doesn't get catches on DK. Like it's just like all just ugh. It's very difficult to just be like, okay, we're gonna have to do this now. Um, but I mean, if it has to be, like you know, it, everyone's possibly feeling that way. Like you, like you got to find leverage on the field somehow, right? Um, that's that's one of the ones I like. I, I wanted to ask, like. Do you think Saquon's going to be a popular play here?
1: Oh, I think he's a popular play. I want nothing to do with him.
2: I- I'm right. sorry. Listen, I got burned
1: Hassan with him so many times in DFS. I don't think he scored since week seven, something like that. I understand it's it's the Dolphins. He's very polarizing this week. There are the Saquon truthers who are sticking with him, ranking him as a top three running back, and other people. I'm not going to put him too low, but I'm talking RB ten. I, I can't do it anymore. I'm sorry. I've just, I've been burned by him too much. And at his price, which is still fairly high, I think it's 7,700, something like that. You, you've got to get 20 fantasy points. And I've lost faith in Saquon Barkley. That high ankle sprain, you get a high ankle sprain, you are toasted. And he's really struggled.
2: Yeah. that's, that's one. The, the, the one that, uh, that pops as a, as a strong, um, play here in the strength of, uh, strength of schedule tool is a Tampa Bay running back. So, good luck if you want to slot in ronald jones oh play
1: how could you imagine yeah, could you, but, yeah but that's the type of guy that's what you need to sound like i could see this being ronald jones week
2: i could easily yeah. see that happening you, yeah and it's, it's just it's just and i mean i guess it depends on how many like entries you're playing but like it, it it is kind of gross right like just like the thought of like this dude who gets benched but it's just one of those ones where you just gotta like understand that like he's probably going to be fairly low owned. Like what he might come in at like 3% ownership at that. And if he was like to do pretty, pretty solid, you know, if, if he was able to, you know, three X his value, you're, you're gaining a lot of like leverage on the field there for wide receiver. And this is actually like really fun because uh, like figuring out how to pivot the wide, the, the, the wide receiver chalk. That's like a skill that I've really wish I, wish I knew. Like, I think both uh, Chargers receivers are in play here, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, especially at their like salaries, which are fairly affordable. I mean, like, at home to the Vikings and uh, their their dogs, and we both know this. Like uh, all all roads are open, right? Yeah, and oh, I think oh, we, totally both man. Kenan, we, we both know Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are pretty solid wide receivers. So uh, I I can absolutely see you know a world where you can go. Philip Rivers, Mike Williams, and you can run it back with Dalvin Cook or Stefan Diggs, and then you can get Hunter Henry in the the DE slot.
1: Uh, Philip Rivers comes up to bite you like a rattlesnake when you least expect it. Everyone's written off the Chargers. He always competes. You saw him on Twitter there with the video yelling in the face of the Jaguars defensive end, 90-yard touchdown pass to Austin Eckler. He doesn't care. Here come the Vikings. All roads are open. Pass defense is not what it should be. Mike Williams, number one among all wide receivers per player profiler in yards per reception. Number one in average target distance as well. Got that touchdown monkey off his back. Can't you see two touchdowns for Mike Williams this week? Can't you see the Mike Williams positive touchdown regression just exploding?
2: Either that or, or Keenan Allen because he's up yep. a whole bunch of like volume and he just hasn't scored. Uh, for, for, for a cheap QB, uh, I think he's going to be like, I'm not sure what his ownership comes in, but he, he might be fairly chalky, and, and that would be Eli Manning. But if you pair Eli Manning and Darius Slayton and the guy we were talking about earlier in um Mike, Mike Gesicki, and you could find any of your favorite other, you know, ancillary um, New York Giants wide receivers, like possibly a Golden Tate or a Sterling Shepard there, like that could be a pretty interesting game because I was wondering if that game does shoot out just because like, you know, it seems to be um one of the ones that you're gonna have to either go all in on or 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 you're gonna have to fade the popular plays there like uh like Patrick Laird
1: yeah that's absolutely true 100% it's such it's such an interesting week and there are going to be the plays that pop up this week that's the key I would like to know sir when you're sitting back calculating the integral of lnx I would like to know what is the drink of choice in the Hassan Rahim household? I'm Jim Martini. I've said it through and through. TJ came on a while ago, hates IPAs. What's your go-to here as you get ready on Friday night, let's say, to set your DFS lineups?
2: Yeah, so we, uh, so for, for those of you who don't know, I, I I live in Pittsburgh, so we have a lot of, like, really, really good local breweries, and um I, I, I try and make it a point to, you know, always shop local and, and support my local brewers, and just pretty much anything that's on tap by those guys, so you've got uh, Dancing Gnomes who do, like, these phenomenal IPAs, like the New England hazy style, or there's, like, a sour brewery that I like a lot called, called Strange Roots, there's another one called Grish House that does these, you know, just these phenomenal go- gozas, so, you know, just... Take what you want, what you're feeling. Like fill up a growler, and 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 you can have yourself a a, a pretty good evening.
1: Oh, that's totally true. Well done, my friend. Curious here. I've asked this a couple of weeks in a row. I guess I'm trying to assess your Alan Robinson dynasty value. So we love Alan Robinson, right? But we were about to write off Mitchell Trubisky and now he's had a couple of games in a row. And I think people are forgetting that he was on the, he was on the bench for Chase Daniel motto for a lot of people right now. I'm curious, dynasty value. Who do you like better? You could have Terry McLaurin right now or Alan Robinson. Are you sticking with Robinson or do you like the youth of, of, uh, Terry McLaurin?
2: um my only question to you on this one is like is is Nagy gonna just let mitch do mitch i, I so like and, and let me bring that back a little bit so like mitch Trubisky definitely not a good quarterback like i think like the way to see him is just you know he's not an accurate pocket passer he, and he's not going to make those big boy nfl throws but he, he's pretty athletic and he can pick up yards with his legs and and for the first half of the season it just seemed like like Nagy, just refused to let him do that. And so he just plays scared. He looks like a turtle, he gets hit all the time, takes a whole bunch of sacks, <laughs> it just looks confused. And, and and now that he's able to, you know, use his legs to like escape the pressure and just make these like y- just throw up these YOLO ball prayers, right? Like if, if that's the, the, the nagy Trubisky pairing that I'm getting, give me A Rob all day, if only because like A Rob seemed to thrive with that kind of this like chaos, like he just you, you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like, I feel like he's a guy who thrived in the chaos in, in Jacksonville and, you know, this, this Chicago Bears' offense, organized chaos. By the way, Mitchell Trubisky is a really, really strong GPP play. Him and A-Rob, and if you want to bring that back with, with Devontae Adams um, and possibly Aaron Jones. I don't know yet. Like It's still early in the week. But, uh, yeah, like, I would much rather have A-Rob over McLaurin. I mean, McLaurin's an absolute freak. I'm a really big fan of his, but like, isn't that kind of just like, like he's not exactly as young of a prospect as people think he is? Like mostly the highest age guys are fairly old when they when they come out. So you know, just give me a rob. You know what I mean? Like two years removed off that ACL, he looks really really good.
1: I'm curious here. Now we're heading into Week 15. I want to know, this is momentum time, so I want to know, assuming half PPR, which of these players you think will continue their momentum and have a better fantasy week in Week 15? First one here, looking at Week 15, they're going head-to-head. Would you take Chris Godwin on the road at Detroit, or do you think you would stay with Kenny Galladay at home here against the Bucks? Same game. Who do you think scores more this week, Galladay or Godwin?
2: Ooh, that's actually a really, really good question. If only because both of those uh, players are they they project to have very strong um, matchups for our strength of schedule, and they actually have, I think, identical projections in the in the in the GLSB. So um, I'm actually gonna go with the guy with fewer. Well, no, I'm, I'm gonna go with Godwin. Like I really wanted to say Kenny Galladay because they're just going to target you know the living crap out of him, but like I don't know, man. Like it just it just feels like there's enough weapons around Godwin to where he can still make the plays and still get the targets and doesn't have to worry about being like the focal point of the defense. You know what I mean? Like he's just got a bunch of those factors going in his favor. So I think uh, I think Godwin has the better. The better um, uh, stat line, especially if uh, if, if Jameis could be so kind as to throw a couple of picks early, potentially a pick six to get in that negative script, get rid of the run game. Godwin all day
1: oh I think he'll always oblige my friend how about this one Cortland Sutton obviously with Locke as quarterback but he's been fantastic this year at Kansas City tough place to play or would you rather have Michael Gallup at home against the Rams assume Ramsey goes to Cooper so Gallup at home has been pretty good but he's not the wide receiver one there is a the wide receiver two or would you rather have Cortland Sutton with obviously not as accomplished a quarterback on the road in Kansas City
2: Oof, uh, that's actually a very good question. I kind of, I, I mean, I am definitely, th- I think Michael Gallup would be interesting to have uh, over Cortland Sutton. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really hard because I do know, like, I mean, just you mentioned it, like the Kansas City Chiefs, their defense does play a little bit better at home. And I, like, Drew Locke is like like his collegiate profile suggested that he is a very strong quarterback, especially when they're, you know, able to keep the offense on script. Right. Like, I don't know how they're going to respond if the offense goes off script. And I mean, like this Kansas City offense, uh, I mean, they don't take very long to score a TD on you and like. You're just playing catch up the whole way, right? Like it's just it's a it's a it's it's pretty tricky. And and I think Locke in in uh you know, negative script playing in Kansas City, it's it's a brutal place to play a divisional game. I, give me Gallup at home. And and I mean, this obviously assumes uh and I'm really hoping that the Rams can make it into a shootout because that could make for just some a really, really fun um week fifteen, especially if you've got a bunch of guys going in that game, like Cooper Cobb and Robert Woods and stuff.
1: That's an excellent one. How about this one? How about Devin Singletary at Pittsburgh Sunday night football or David Montgomery at the Packers? (laughs) Two guys there. Singletary certainly has produced more Montgomery on the road at Green Bay. Singletary gets a tough Pittsburgh defense, but Buffalo is better. Which one do you like better there?
2: Yeah, I know. That's a, (laughs) these are phenomenal questions. Kudos to you. Like these are really, really good. Um, I definitely think I prefer Devin Singletary, uh, I know, I know his ceiling is low because like the Pittsburgh defense has been pretty stout against the run. But here's the thing, and here's a here's a secret: we don't care that much about like the rushing attempts. We really care about the fact that the team is okay and they're embracing the fact that Singletary is a very good outlet receiver out of the backfield for Josh Allen, and he seems to be a dynamic playmaker. And if they're able to get him in space, I, I really think that this is one where we want to see you know Singletary like I like Montgomery loses that rollout a little bit to Tariq Cohen and he's going to be losing that out to Anthony Miller as well now right like we like I don't want the low leverage touches off um off uh you know David Montgomery although he's you know he seems to be doing all right these days like he's just not like he's a low floor asset like you said I think Singletary's floor is higher and by virtue I think Singletary is uh, is the better scorer
1: and last one here same game question again Odell Beckham Jr. sports hernia, what's going to happen here or Christian Kirk, same game. Now listen, we know that Odell's the man and certainly there's a way that Mayfield could hit him for a big play. You have a decent brown secondary. It's Christian Kirk, but he's home. Who do you like better there half PPR? Yeah, I'm
2: definitely I think on the Christian Kirk train. I, I, he's just seen like about anywhere from 8 to 10 targets so like uh, the last few games and you give him enough volume and he's getting rushing work too. Give him enough volume and he will produce. I I I just don't know what's going on in Cleveland. Like uh like this is uh just an, an abject disaster. <laughs> like they lost to the Steelers uh, on the road and you know that essentially like it might have ended their playoff hopes, right? And so like. I, I don't know what's up with their offense or their play calling or any of that, and I, I really just think that this is like a strong spot for Christian Kirk. I know he's got the ankle issues, but like it's something that he just seems to be playing through at this point. And uh, I don't know, man. Like I think I think I'd, I think I'd lean Christian Kirk here, especially if he's able to get uh, he's seeing enough volume, and I'm kind of hopeful that he does find the end zone here once or twice.
1: Fair enough. Tell me, Hassan, what's the best holiday or birthday gift you received as a child? Something that just sticks out that you said, "Oh, that was the best."
2: Oh yeah, no, I've heard lots of other people talking about this, and it's definitely going to be. Uh, and I'm with everyone; like, it's the PlayStation. Like, it's definitely the Sony PlayStation. I wanted to say the Sega Mega Drive, but that was fun. But like, really, the PlayStation is was has just been. It's such a, an instrumental. The PS One. Oh man, like it just. Well, I, I remember like, like you know, sitting down and putting it on and like playing twisted metal three. Like it was just phenomenal. Like it just like it blew your mind.
1: Oh, it was incredible. I remember, oh my goodness. uh, The PlayStation. I remember, I'm going to go all the way back to when I had like Mike Tyson's punch out there. (laughs) I got it. I beat Mike Tyson for the first time. It was like a summer day. I was home by myself. I'm like calling my friends. Guys, I just beat Mike Tyson. No one cares, Asan. No one cares. But those moments, those game systems, man, gave you some of the best moments ever. Uh, Listen, Asan, you've been phenomenal, man. Great. We can talk for three hours. I mean, we keep this going all night long. I'll give you one more, then I'll get you out of here you <laughs> This is Dynasty opportune time, okay? So the season's about to wind down. Teams that didn't do well are going to be dying to get draft picks in this 2020 draft, right? They're going to want to load up the picks, first, second round. So talk to me about a veteran player. You know, we're looking at a guy could be a superstar who had a disappointing year, could be an older player, you know, like a Julian Edelman, let's say, but you think he's got one more good year left. Who's a veteran in Dynasty that right now you think you can get for a nice for draft picks here without giving away the farm but someone you think that really could have dynasty value the next couple of years here that you think is gettable now after I'd say maybe a disappointing year
2: oh man Th- that's actually uh, a lot trickier of a question uh, than, than, than I was actually hoping for I, I wonder if, if it'd be worth kicking the tires on, on this guy who I don't know if people remember Adam Thielen that's funny that
1: boy i'll tell you man that's a great answer what a great answer to this question
2: it's it's just it feels like he's kind of been left for dead right Like, like he just hasn't played he's like so this is his second season where he's like suffered like a leg injury and he's just sort of you know persona non grata like he just is gone man like out of sight out of mind type of stuff um but unless unless like the Vikings go out and actually add another wide receiver uh you know with early draft capital like I don't know what you need to give to get Adam Thielen right like like uh it, it's kind of tricky in that like we've seen him like not play through the two two, two seasons in a row not like the week 16 but when he's in there like, like he is really really good like he he, like he, him and Diggs formed this like phenomenal one-two punch and and like there's that, that awful feeling in people's mouths because um th- you know the minnesota was so hard on team established the run in the first few weeks that like they just forgot this team is capable of throwing the ball and kirk cousins is pretty good at throwing the football so um he's a guy who i'm really hoping that you could potentially and i, I don't know if you want to really sell the farm for draft picks but like Maybe a young player like an Anthony Miller plus an early second. Do you think that gets you a, a, like Adam Thielen?
1: Oh, that's uh, – you know, that is such a great one because people are going to say that Thielen is by the wayside. Anthony, Anthony Miller, obviously, we can't be that excited about Mitchell Trubisky's at best second option. We just can't. Yes, I think that's a very reasonable one for a team that maybe is on the verge of making a title run. Absolutely. That's the perfect answer, Hassan, because people, it's what have you done for me lately, and Adam Thielen's out of sight, out of mind. They're going to forget this is a guy who was dominating fantasy football for the first eight weeks last year, right? I, it's just a tremendous, tremendous call. That's what I'm looking at. And folks, that's what you get with Hassan Rahim. Must follow on Twitter at HRR5010. Does a fantastic job here at Rotoviz. Tremendous pod co-host there, the Fantasy Football Report, Rotoviz Radio. Hassan, Great job, killing it as always. I'm going to win a million dollars. We'll split it. and We'll put a, a, a tweet out there of us celebrating there. I'll come down to Pittsburgh. We'll celebrate. Hell yeah, we can. We, we'll absolutely do it up. Fantastic. Thanks so much, man. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag of Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio and at Randall Rant. Make sure you tell a friend, and don't forget to sign up for a 10% discount on our podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcasts. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in.